healthy start federal program i work for shift healthy start we work in the service council um, they branched off from that and we have our own now so we're able to do um, a lot more things um, my goal is to decrease the infant mortality rate in the tulsa area uh, tulsa was number four a few years ago of infant mortality rates we had about 18 out of a thousand um, we are now the seventh state out of all of them. Um, Tulsa is still pretty high. I think we're like 10 now. Um, and it's just certain zip codes that they can pull information from. So right now, I think it dropped down to about nine or 10 per thousand. Again, we were 18. So it seems to be working, but we're going back on the trend of going back up. <laughs> um, so an infant mortality is basically any um, infant that does not make it to 14 months. So I try and meet with moms when they're pregnant. I can't justify information past the third trimester because it's information that I really can't give HRSA as to why like we're helping. Um, so it really anything before then, if they are in their third trimester I and I can't help, I will help. Um, it just doesn't give them a lot of information. So HRSA looks for um, how many appointments have they come to, um, how many screenings have they done, did they take prenatal vitamins, did they start off smoking, and by the third trimester we got them to stop, and vice versa. So they get a lot of information for each visit. Um, but when they're later in pregnancy, it's harder. Um, I am a certified educator of infant massage, which has a lot of benefits. You guys used to have a class at... St. John's to talk about it, but they stopped doing it. But it helps with drug addiction babies. It can help with being jaundiced. It can help with postpartum depression. It helps with failure to thrive, um, all of those things. I also am certified lactation counselor. Um, and I've been certified for three years. So you might get somebody who in the hospital has been doing it for a while. Um, and four years ago, a lot of things changed from like the way we would hold the breast and shape it like a C. Now they're no longer recommending that. So lots of things have changed. It really just depends on um, who you have and what we teach. My program, think of like a social worker, but with a nursing aspect. So I help them come to and from appointments. We have motive people that will come and pick them up and bring them to and from appointments. I can give them a gas card, <laughs> gas in their cars. Um, I help them go to the WIC office and then get established. If they don't know how to use it, I'll them at the grocery store and walk up and down the aisles and show them what food they can't get. Um, we do referrals to emergency infant services, so kind of social work stuff, but I do a lot of nursing um, things along with it. We do have certain zip codes that we have, and you guys will get a handout. Um, if they can benefit from services and they really need help, send me an email. If they're not in my zip code, I can give you... Um, Number for the health department. Health department gets any north zip codes, and we kind of get other things. If they're a first time mom, we have to offer Children's First, which is through the WIC office. But a lot of them don't want to have that extra person coming. They would rather have people here. So if they decline Children's First, I can pick them up. So it's a service that we have to offer if they decline it for any reason, even if they decline. Um, the health department and be like, no, I don't want anybody to come to my house. All I want to see somebody here. I can still pick them up. So there are a few things. It's not income um, base. And I really see everybody. I see teenage moms and I see a 42, 43 year old that's 
a sixth, seventh, eighth baby and they're still learning things. So it really just depends on, on those information. So that's kind of what I do. Um, but you will have a handout up here. And um, one of my biggest things is people will um, ask for breastfeeding education. And before, if I was in office and I didn't have somebody, I'd be more than happy to help and answer some questions and tell you guys could do a referral to the hospital. That is no longer an option for um, lactation, I found out. There is a phone number that you guys have, um, that you guys can call and they, you can give it to your patients. Um, her name is Suzanne Reeder, um, and she is with St. John's Breastfeeding Resource Center. Um, so that's information that you guys can give them since referrals are not an option anymore. Um, so do you guys have any questions about breastfeeding? Yes. What's the best way to get patients over to you if we have them in clinic and we want to? Establish with you. So, like, or meaning like for breastfeeding stuff or meaning? Breastfeeding, like, yeah. Okay. So, for breastfeeding, they have to be part of my program in order for me to be able to really help. So, if you have somebody that is pregnant and maybe they're struggling coming to appointments, or maybe it's a teen, or maybe it is um, somebody that is positive for smoking, THC, any of those things, those are all people that we can offer services for. I mean, that's kind of, I'm not saying that that's stereotypical, that's what I want to see, but that those are people ideally who somewhere along the line have other issues that they're not telling you. Um, I work with them and I, and they have my cell phone number. They can text me, they can call me, they can email me. I'm not eight to five. They know that I have several that are domestic violence people and they will text me a code word and they know that if I'm available, I will send cops to their house based on that code word. Um, so I have a lot of people that will tell me things. I had one mom who was coming to appointments and acted like everything was fine. About five months, stuff kind of changed. And I noticed she was more withdrawn with like talking to me. And so I'm like, hey girl, what's going on? So I met her for lunch one day at her work and she was like having issues with the father they were shooting at each other, actual guns in the front yard. I mean, she let me know a lot of things and that's just me asking questions, not me getting to know them. Me texting them, I do weekly checks. The higher the number that they are, meaning they check all these boxes, the more times I reach out to them. So I'm texting all the time, I'm emailing all the time. I do home visits, I do work visits. I do all of those things. I get to know them, I get to know their kids. I have one mom who did not want to tell the doctor that she had ice cream, a block of cheese, and a frozen thing of orange juice for her and her almost two-year-old daughter. So we had a gift card. I was able to go get them some foods. I was able to go to a food bank and to do a lot of things because she just didn't want to tell the doctor because then she's going to mean she's an unfit mom. So I'm going to keep the baby. That's not, that's not the case. So if you have anybody that's pregnant, if you have anybody that's in those zip codes, whether or not you think that they can benefit from services, that's a phone call that I can make and be like, hey, I have this program. It's completely voluntary. None of their information is shared. They get into it and they're given a number. Um, I don't share any information with the doctors unless I feel like it's medically necessary. So I'm not going to tell you all of these things unless I feel like it's an issue. So they come, they come to me for a lot of, a lot of things. So, yes. And what's the latest in the gestational age that you will take them into your program? 
Um, and normally I want anything before their third trimester, but that's not always the case. You're going to have some that come in at 31, 33 weeks. Um, I can justify why I did not sign them up or why, you know what I mean? Like, why did I wait until they were 31 weeks pregnant? Well, because this was their first appointment. So then I can send that off to her and say, this is the information I do have on them. And then we move forward because I do follow them for 18 months afterwards. I do ASQs on baby referrals to speech. Um, I do, again, I go to their home, make sure that they have books, make sure that their outlets are covered, make sure they have food. I'll bring them into my office. We'll play on the floor. We'll interact. I'll make sure that they're doing things, making sure they're coming and getting vaccinated, all of those things as well. Um, if there's developmental concerns that I have with baby, um, again, I shoot the doctor and be like, hey, I was doing an ASQ and this is what I've noticed. Do you think we can get them in for an appointment with you guys? And just to go back to the question, how, how can we refer? to you like practically just send me an email you can go into their um chart and just message me and just be like hey i think this person can benefit from your program mm -hmm. or hey do you think that you can reach out this is i i used to get an email every day or a little report sheet and um athena that told me everybody so whether they were new or recurring ob then that stopped and i wasn't getting updates so now my day consists of if I'm here, I try and pull up Athena and I try to look to see who's all a new OB, um, who's here for an OB appointment. Sometimes they just get missed in translation. Again, I go to other offices. I have some patients that um, see Dr. William Harris. I have some that go to Dr. Parham's office. I go some that go to um, Gina Cox. I have a lot of peds that don't come here and they go to other peds offices. So I try and go if they're at their four months, six months where I can do an ASQ. Um, again, I do home visits, I do work visits. I have sooner home that I have to go to. I have so many other things that I have to have a hand in. So I'm not always here. How would you sell the program to the mom? Um, so normally I just say, hey, we're part of this program. It's called Healthy Start. It has a lot of benefits to it it's completely voluntary but i just think that maybe you might be interested in hearing about it you know can gina call you or here's her card you want to call her or just whatever like i do plan on breastfeeding that's a big one that i normally get with people and they're like yeah and i'm like okay well i'm clc i'm certified you get me for however long you need me for i'm as hands-on or hands-off as you want me to be and so a lot of them are like okay um i have some that this is maybe their second baby they have bachelor's, master's degrees. I had one that was a lawyer. And I'm like, I'm as hands-on as you want me to be. I will give you handouts at each appointment, whatever. Um, she used me for lactation um, because she had a hard time with the first one and she was determined to breastfeed the second one. So that's when my resources came in. But it's hard for me to help you when you're already delivered and now I really can't offer you services. So that's a big one is, hey, do you plan on breastfeeding? Well, great, we have this program. Instead of paying $75 to go to St. Francis and St. John's, you can have it for free. Plus, she's available to come to your house after you deliver. Or you can come just to see her in your office. Are you saying that those, um, they, they have to be established before you deliver? Yes, that's ideally. Ideal. Yes. If Again, if there's some reason, and normally I don't pick them up. There's another program called um, Healthy Steps that's primarily just for pediatrics. So anybody that's already delivered. 
again, if I'm in office and I'm here and I'm not doing something else and you have somebody in office and you're like, hey, listen, can you just step in for a minute? I don't mind stepping in to help, but I can't continue to be you know, that support. <clears throat> relationships I have about 60 so I have like that are pregnant and the rest of either newly had babies or um with my program for a while and that's just including the moms that's not including the babies <laughs> um, two things I think um, I get a lot of questions too um and again, I don't know how much interaction you guys do, especially with like breastfeeding, if you've even you guys talk about that at your visits. What is, okay. My two issues of moms that always tell me that no one ever told them is, one, their milk's not going to come in for about three or four days. They think once they deliver, that milk's going to come in and they're just going to be producing all of this milk. And that is not the case. I always like to tell them it's about three to four days. After about four to five, we need to figure out um, why you've never felt heaviness and things like that and then we backtrack but that's a big one because they're never told that their milk's coming in and they start to freak out um i always like to show them my um little belly balls i always feel like hey my baby's born oh. the stomach is the size of a cherry pit mm -hmm. for a day or two so that little bitty colostrum that you're producing is enough mm -hmm. by about three days we're not about about a walnut so again we're still making a little bit, we're doing okay. By 10 days, it's about a golf ball to a ping ball, ping ball size. Um, and normally your milk comes in about three or four days. They always freak out because they feel like they need to have a plethora of milk for a cherry pit. And dads specifically too, dads are always wanting to know questions. And I'm like, so hey, remember when I said the baby's stomach is the size of a cherry pit? Yeah, it doesn't take much. And they initially want to go, oh, it's, I don't have milk, let me get formula. Oh, and my other two thing is if you're at the hospital and they are formula fed um, or breastfeeding and they are supplementing, one, I hate Similac for lots of reasons, but they think that since the hospital gives Similac, that's what they have to stick to. So note to self, that's not true because if they're going to get on WIC, it's automatically Gerber, unless it's the Indian. Gerber. I've actually had a lot of patients who like had Similac in the hospital and then their baby doesn't tolerate it. And then they get on. I don't like. Yeah. Or or something. And yeah. they're like, well, now we just have Gerber and he tolerates it better. Or like, yeah. I have both and I don't know which one. And I'm always like, don't do that. One. And that's what they think. They think the hospital gave it. So it's golden. When I explain the hospital puts in a bid and it's the cheapest yeah. bid for the hospital. So basically it's like Similac's giving the hospital money to give out their formula basically how it goes. Um, Infamil did now get approved to go to Hillcrest and Hillcrest South. I prefer Infamil better. <clears throat> My number one complaint with Similac, if they're going to have Similac or any formula in breastfeed, it constipates the babies. So that is always my baby or breastfeeding and I'm supplementing. They're constipated and it causes all kinds of issues. And I'm like, are you guys on Similac? Yes, it's nine times out of 10. It's because of the Similac. I don't care what they have as long as they're fed. Um, but I just work better with the infamil rep. And if out of anything, I can manage her and she's here within like an hour or at my house. Door. Um, I'm 
Any other questions? That would the hospital, the first two days after delivery, um, encouraging moms to breastfeed. What's the, it's always hard to tell like how much baby's getting. And like you said, small cherry pit size stomach. How are we like supposed to gauge? It's always- By wet diaper. Okay, that's, and that's exactly what I tell them. I said, how many diapers have they had? Normally for the moms too, especially like the first time ones, I will have them get a little sheet um, and very basic. They can make it <coughs> too, but um, how many wet diapers did you have? You had six, great. You know you're, you know you're eating enough. Um, failure to thrive is really the only time that I will be concerned about weight. Um, and I want my scale to be able to pick up a quarter size because I need down to the ounce. So normally I'll measure them before and then we'll feed and then we'll measure afterwards. Um, but if we're having six wet diapers and we're returning to our birth weight within 14 days, if they're premature, it's 21 days. But uh, normally, like I said, if, are, they, are they peeing? Okay. And even that little sheet, I'll have them write um, when they started feeding on what breast and then they'll rotate the next time or I'll have them do a little paper, paper clip or safety pin. To help rotating. Oh, and please tell them if by their postpartum appointment, if they are still using a nipple shield, that's a big no no. We need to figure out why. After two weeks, we should not no longer need the nipple shield. Does the nipple shape matter at all? No. Babies are very picky, as you know. Um, if they're engorged, they will change the shape and they're not gonna have anything to attach to. So normally I just say massage your breast, hang an express, some nipple stimulation, get your nipples out. Um, those kind of things. Um, but after that, it should be different degrees of nipples. So once you invert, I mean, I've had somebody that had inverted and we were able to still um, do lactation. Um, and on that paper, there is two numbers. One says my personal is the four or five, and the other one says for patients. You guys can text me at any point in time. Just tell me who you are, because um, but four or five is for you guys, because then I look at those a little bit quicker than I do um, the other ones as well. It'll go to an actual Google app on my phone, so I know if it's nine one eight, it's probably a patient because nobody else has that phone number. The paper have the zip codes that it does. It has um, my title, who I'm with, um, what I kind of do, zip codes, kind of qualifications, uh, my email, and then my personal and for patients. Cool. So, so, um, 